0: Welcome to this episode of the Best Hopes Podcast. My name is Adam Froer.
1: And I'm Cecil Walker.
0: And today we are going to talk about another iteration of hope. Today we're going to talk about hope as anticipation. And for those of you who've been following along, you know we kind of give some synonyms that will kind of build our conversation. And so some synonyms of the word anticipation are things like foresight, uh, outlook and preoccupation so not that many this mm-hmm. week sometimes there's like a whole list but this week there's just a few and so as always because I get to start I get to <laughs> immediately turn it over to Cecil and say Cecil where do we need to begin how is hope anything like anticipation I should get better at playing dumb and
1: just (laughs) not having an answer for you. It's Um, a good
0: thing I know you're not dumb.
1: (laughs) I never told you that.
0: You didn't have to.
1: (laughs) Well, I think what I like about this particular angle of hope with anticipation is it seems to be pretty focused on, I don't know, what you tend to as you move in a direction all those synonyms very much to me sounded like, you know, where's the scope of my attention as I'm doing this thing or as I'm moving towards the future, particularly the word preoccupation, because that to me isn't always positive thing. Mm. I would think actually more often than not, it's a negative thing. If you're so preoccupied with something, you're missing other things. And I think if you talk about it in terms of moving towards the future, being preoccupied with some aspect of the future might even mean something relating to anxiety. Like I'm so preoccupied with the risks or I'm so preoccupied with what could go wrong, all the what-ifs, all the scary things involved with a thing I'm moving towards, a situation or an outcome or whatever. And so to have a preoccupation in the form of hope to me sounds like, oh, well, then I'm tending to what I want. I'm tending to a desirable outcome. I'm tending to me being the kind of person I want to be in that situation in the future where I'm tending to things playing out in a way that is really satisfying and really good for me and other people involved. The same way that an anxious preoccupation can have pretty sizable negative effect, I think a hopeful preoccupation could have sizable positive.
0: Hmm. I really like that idea of the preoccupation and the impact, like holding that attention. One of the things I'm going to make a tangential connection, but with each of those three words, well, with two of the three words, some kind of vision is in it. When we have foresight, mm-hmm. we see something before, or we're we're looking down the road at something that hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And the other one is outlook. What we oftentimes think about like, again, with the word look, we're looking out, we're kind of like surveying what's out yeah. there, what's possible. And so it's like, it's having this vision, but the word that doesn't really fit into that, this preoccupation, you all of a sudden made it fit in there by saying like, it's not so much maybe physical vision, but it's about attention. It's about mm-hmm. attending to something. And I really liked the way that you used that word tending, because in some sense, there's a, I don't know if this is the right way to describe it, but like a gentleness in that, right? Like if I'm tending children Mm -hmm. i'm taking care of them i'm being gentle with them i'm being meet their needs and so if we bring that same level of tending to my hope like what i'm hoping for i'm gentle with it i'm taking care of it i'm giving it what it needs i'm like fostering i'm building it and so those two things kind of coming together is i see where i'm going i'm looking out i have this grand vision and in some sense i almost think about it like standing up on a mountain and you get to the lookout. And you look out and you see, oh, look at all of that that's out there. And then you come in behind it with this preoccupation or the tending to it. And I, I take care of it and I nurture it. I let that vision, that grand vision grow and become something that takes root. Mm-hmm. This
1: feels like a dumb question or something. But for my own sake, I just want to hear more. Of... <laughs> 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 I, I want to hear this stretched out a bit more what even are the benefits of tending to that vision? Why have an outlook that's pointed toward uh hope or something you're hopeful for? What's the purpose of that when I could just exist, take it day by day and just have no preconception of something like that down the line?
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a really, really important question, actually, because I think, and this links, I think, to some of the other versions of hope that we've talked about before. But I think When you have this foresight or when you have this outlook on something, in some sense, what it does is it builds in purpose. Again, if I go back to the analogy of like climbing a mountain, Mm -hmm. the purpose of climbing the mountain may be lots of things, but one immediate purpose is to get to the top, right? If I don't go into it with foresight or with an outlook of like, okay, this is the goal, I could wander aimlessly, I could go around the entire base of the mountain, if that's possible, right? I could just meander around, get three quarters of the way up and then decide, oh, I'm just going to turn left and I'm going to go over there or without knowing where I'm going, I can't be purposeful about getting there again it kind of reminds me of like Winnie the Pooh and he and Piglet regularly were just like wandering and Piglet would be like I think we've seen that tree before (laughs) without an expectation of where we're going I'm never going to get there but I also think this idea of preoccupation and tending to it that's an important component that actually enables us to get there. Mm -hmm. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet could have known like regularly they were out looking for Tigger right And so the goal was like find Tigger, Mm -hmm. but without like tending to it, oftentimes Winnie the Pooh would get distracted by honey or he, you know, and so he didn't like tend to the vision Mm -hmm. of we're looking for Tigger and what does Tigger normally do and where is Tigger normally at? Same thing on the mountain. If I don't conscientiously tend to it, if I don't make sure I'm staying on the trail. I could inadvertently wander off the trail. If I don't tend to the idea of getting to the top, maybe I'm not consulting a map or a GPS or whatever it is that's gonna guide me there. And so I think it's the combination of knowing where I'm going and then doing things that help facilitate me getting there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think that is so significant in any conversation about hope, how actually very constructive it is To tend to the point of it all to tend to the outcome that you want to tend to
0: whatever it is
1: that you're hoping for or trying to get to and it's so much more valuable than just a be positive mindset or a hope for the best or something like that um you know it's i think sometimes people think there's something constructive about an alternative perspective of you know maybe being more cynical or expecting the worst and working against that, preparing yourself for that. And that feels constructive to some people. But I think this is more substantially constructive in that you're tending to what you want. And that helps you make that happen. And it's just as plain and simple as that. If you worked in construction, and you wanted the blueprint to come into being, you wanted that building that structure to happen, you can't only tend to, well, will the weather be, you know, nice enough to make this actually doable? It's actually supposed to be really hot or really rainy, and that's going to be a big problem. So let's just focus all our attention on the weather, or focus all our attention on, you know, the supply chain's not doing really well, so we might not be able to get all the things that we want. Those things probably are relevant, but I think if you never actually tend to, well, let me move through the process that this blueprint is showing me, And actually work on getting this structure happening. We put the pieces I can put in when I can and when the weather allows or when the supplies that I have allow. Let me just keep monitoring things, but day by day, I keep moving in a way that says I'm still in the process. I'm still tending to what I need to tend to. Very literally in that analogy, it is constructive, but it gets you to where you're trying to go. It makes it happen. And it doesn't obliterate the idea that there are problems or potential risks. It just says, I got somewhere I'm trying to get. And so I'm going to keep going there despite those problems.
0: Yeah, one of the things I really like about that, too, is that having the foresight, that tending to it, right, Mm -hmm. that preoccupation, that it also implies preparation. Mm -hmm. And you kind of talked about like, along the journey, so much about I guess, let me take one step back first, so much about this iteration of hope. Seems action oriented Mm -hmm. to me. Like when I hear the word anticipation at first, it kind of just feels like I'm standing there expecting something to happen. But with these additional words around foresight and outlook and preoccupation, it brings it to like this active, this active anticipation. It's I'm doing something to enable, it's not just I'm standing here hoping, but I'm doing something to make it happen. As you were talking, one of the things I was thinking about is, again, kind of climbing a mountain. And my dad and my younger brother, a few years ago, they hiked to the base camp of Mount Everest. They knew for months that they were going to go and do this thing. Mm -hmm. And in anticipation of making that trek, they did several things to get ready for it. So they hiked other mountains, right, to get it into physical condition where they could go up that elevation. They purposefully went to high elevation locations to acclimatize their bodies. But in addition to that, they got the right clothes. They made sure that they had boots that they needed to have. They had to pull these sleds, right, with a bunch of stuff on them. So they had to secure, how are we going to get these sleds in a totally different country than where we live? So there was planning. And then there were multiple stops along the way where they had to like decide, are we going to camp? Are we going to stay at a place? Or So there was some planning in this all in anticipation of, we're going to do this thing. So it wasn't just like idle sitting around like, this is going to happen. But there was, we're going to do things that make this a reality. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of talked about too, pitfalls along the way. Thankfully, no avalanche came. But like, if an avalanche had come, they had things in place where they had like, you know, detectors where they could say like, check the weather beforehand to see, is an avalanche going to come? They had bells and whistles that if they did get covered in an avalanche that they could easily access and make noise so that people could find them. They they anticipated pitfalls that would potentially have prevented them from getting to where they wanted to get and planned, how do I overcome that? And I think with that idea of preoccupation, sometimes we, again, it has that negative connotation of just like I'm stewing and stewing and stewing on this one thing or perseverating on it. Whereas I think in this anticipatory preoccupation, there's a lot of planning or forethought that comes into what could possibly get in the way of where I want to be, and how do I plan to overcome that?
1: Yeah, I always love a grounding this in in the real world description of what it looks like when these things show up, and I think that's exactly right. That that's what this kind of anticipation is. Is it's not a, a passive. I'm just thinking about it or I'm just waiting for this nice outcome. But it is those things. If you're actually really preoccupied with that, if you're actually really holding that vision of that and really dedicated and wanting those things, then you're doing all the preparation that it takes. You have all these things in place to get you there and to defend you against, you know, potential pitfalls that might come up along the way.
0: It really makes you wonder why they
1: want to do that, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right. If I spent that much time thinking about it, every second of that would have been an opportunity to turn around. <laughs> I would not dedicate any effort
0: to prepare myself for that.
1: But I think, you know, so many of the things that people can find themselves hopeful for kind of be linked to, you know, if you were to simplify it, like your, your family members wanted to be mountain climbers. They wanted to be, we, you know, conquered Everest. We did this thing. And anything that someone is hopeful for, if they want to be that kind of a person, to get there, you have to do the things that kind of a person does. In a very practical sense, but even in a, in a metaphorical journey kind of a sense, along the way, you start putting on the shoes and wearing the clothes of that kind of a person. I remember I was talking to middle school, in like eighth grade or something, and he told me he really liked comic books and he wanted to be a comic book like creator. And I asked, well, have you ever made any comic books? And he said, yeah, I've been making them since I was like five or six. And I asked, well, what does it take to make a good comic book? What have you been like doing? And he said, well, when he watches movies, he pays attention to what are the characters that people care about? Like what makes a good hero or a good villain? Or like you make a character and nobody cares. Nobody wants to watch it. or Nobody wants to read about them can't really have a good comic book So he says he pays attention to that he's been doodling and drawing characters for for years so he, he works on what does a character supposed to look like what is, what's mm. a good villain what's a good hero what are the traits what are good superpowers what makes a good story if you have a good character what's supposed to happen to them what are they supposed to do so he's done all this stuff that you would think a comic book maker probably has to do he's worked on the things that a comic book maker has probably worked on at some point. And I don't know where the line officially gets crossed, but at some point it's like, you're a comic book maker. You are the Mm -hmm. kind of person who does that thing. And that all came from saying, I want to be this kind of a person. And so I think it's the preoccupation that got in there. It's the I have this vision, I have this thing I want to be. I'm anticipating and waiting for the day that I can say, I am this comic book creator person, but, somewhere along the way it's like well clearly that's who you are because that's what you've been so preoccupied with this whole time
0: yeah i really like it what comes out of a lot of that too is that this is a process of becoming mm-hmm. it's like you're turning into and i hearing you what you're saying like a lot of times you don't know when you've crossed the line mm-hmm now I'm gonna flip the table on you. Like I just wanna hear this like stretched out a little bit more. (laughs) I see, I see. (laughs) I guess does it matter if you don't know when you cross the line. If you go into this with like all of this preoccupation and this anticipation, isn't it at some point worthwhile or beneficial to be like, Okay, now I made it. Like I'm at the top of the mountain. I am a comic book creator. I am like, do you need to know Mm -hmm. when I cross the line? I don't think you need
1: to know that and i would think most people actually rarely will feel like i crossed the line and now i could sit down and stop people can live in the pursuit of things people can live in the i'm hopeful for and preoccupied with or waiting for blank you could live your whole life there and the thing that fills in that blank can keep evolving too i want to be a comic book writer i want to be this kind of a comic book writer i want to be a prolific comic book writer i want to be comic book writer who does these kinds of things or who's accomplished this much kind of stuff. I want to be a comic book writer who also now consults with movies, you know, it's going to keep evolving. So even if you get to a point of seeing yourself as, okay, I clearly can say I identify as this thing, you're going to very naturally and probably gradually see it shift a bit toward this more that I'm hoping for. I think that there's a weird balance that I've never really, you know, put words to, but the things we hope for, we if you're really being ambitious and big in and you're, what you're hoping for and what you're dreaming of, you never really feel like you've passed this. It. Like, it'll keep kind of feeling like it's ahead of you. I remember when I was in college, sometimes I say I accidentally majored in music because I wasn't planning <laughs> to. <laughs> but I'll spare you the story of how I ended up majoring in it. But it was a thing that I wasn't planning on. And so it wasn't until I was at college that I found myself studying music and, and majoring in it. I remembered I was in a choir rehearsal and the choir director made some musical point about what pianists have to do to, like, manage some musical thing we were talking about. And just out of curiosity, like, are there any pianists in the choir? And I, like, look around. I'm, like, (laughs) looking. My major was piano and I'm, like, looking around, like, looking for who are the people who are pianists. Like, can't wait to be one of those one day who could, like, openly identify as a pianist. Uh, and that was my genuine response, was I just hadn't identified as it yet. I was like, I want to be that. I'd be happy to be able to say, I am a pianist, and I'm good at this, and I have that knowledge and expertise. For whatever reason, I didn't feel like I had crossed that line yet. Now, many years later, I think I can safely say, I think, there's a piece of paper with a name on it that says it at least, that I am a pianist. I've heard you play. I think <laughs> I think you can call yourself a pianist. I don't know. There was never a moment of, I felt like I crossed that line, and so now I'm done. Somewhere along the way, I think I felt like, oh, I I feel really good and confident and proficient in this, but I want to be even more of a music appreciator. I want to be even more of someone who can really dig in deep and squeeze more meaning out of these things and appreciate more different concepts and experiences in this world. I remember at one point somewhere... Long in my studies, I even asked a friend to help me interpret music better because I, I felt like that was like another leg of the journey. I just wanted to be able to like, sure, I could play it, but how do I give it the meaning that really makes it feel like it's it has purpose to it? So all of that is to say that, you know, I don't know where I crossed the line, but in some ways the line evolved a bit and it moved somewhere else. Uh, I'm happy to live in pursuit of that still. Uh, even to the states, and I think that's the same for anything anyone can be hopeful for.
0: Yeah, I actually really, really love that, and it supports something that I've thought before. One of the things, going back to our work as clinicians, and we've kind of highlighted this a bit in other episodes, where we begin each session by asking a client, "What are your best hopes?" And that's how this podcast even got that name. Is right, like we work with people about their hopes. Oftentimes, one of the questions that new clinicians or even experienced clinicians ask is, how do you know when you have a good enough best Mm -hmm. hopes? One of the things that I have kind of started playing with and toying with is this idea of what you just described, which is a good best hopes is indefinite. Mm -hmm. That that if I say I want to be courageous, I can overcome a fear. And then I can say I'm more courageous than I used to be. But there is also... More courage to be had, maybe I need to go learn a new thing, and so I need courage to go learn that new thing, or maybe I no matter what there is, there's always more courage that I could have. I could put myself in a new situation or I could ask myself to go to a new place or whatever it is, and it would require more and more and more courage. oftentimes, when we talk to people, it boils down to when we say, "What are your best hopes?" People will say like "I just want to be happy and happy is indefinite. You can be happy. In a moment, right, at a dinner with somebody who's special, or you can be happy at the birth of a child, or you could be happy at a moment of celebration, but there's always more happiness to achieve. And so I was thinking about that analogy that we were using before around like the mountain climbers, right? On the surface, it seems like, well, getting to the top of the mountain is finite. You get to the top of the mountain and you're done, you made it. And I think that in reality, That's an important distinction because it's highlighting the difference between a goal and an outcome. The goal would be to get to the top of the mountain, but to become a mountaineer, that's indefinite, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can always go climb another mountain, or I can always teach somebody how to climb a mountain, or I can always anticipate the next journey. And so I think when I hear you say that, like there isn't really a line, we could cross a line, I could get to the top of a mountain, but if I'm becoming a mountaineer, then there's the next mountain or there's the next, I could climb the same mountain, but go a different route. Or I could, I know a lot of people on Everest are like, I want to do a solo ascent. So I want to get to the top of Everest by myself. Other people will say like, I want to get to the top of Everest without supplemental oxygen, which sounds horrible (laughs) to me, but that's right. You could do the same feat in different ways, And that means I'm still getting better. I'm still climbing this mountain better than I did last time. I could make it to the top faster than I made it to the top last time, whatever that is. And I think that you're highlighting something really important, that something worth anticipating isn't necessarily finite. We might do something finite in pursuit of what we really want, but something worth really hoping for, something really worth anticipating is I think something indefinite.
1: I mean, that's so brilliant and really insightful. And I feel like anyone who ever hear those words could take something away from that. And it really makes me think, and I I think I've seen this happen too with clients, that it can catch us off guard when we realize how much we can kind of fall in love with the process itself. We can kind of enjoy and find meaning and substance in the pursuit of becoming the thing that we, we say we want to become. So easy to want the outcome. I want to be rich, I want to be famous, I want to be successful, I want to climb that mountain. But in the process of getting there, there are probably better hopes than just being rich, but you know, whatever (laughs) whatever outcome someone's looking for, in the process of getting there, you might be surprised by how much you fall into the becoming that kind of person. To be a mountain climber, you'd have to really love all the things you have to work your way up to to really get to the point of being a mountain climber, or at least substantially moving towards that, I don't have that love, so I, I wouldn't see myself. Nor do I do anything. At any point that someone says less oxygen, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything to do with less oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I think we might not see our. It's, it's hard from the beginning to be able to say I want to be on step three of this fifty-two step process. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, step three feels like it feeds you so much. Step four feels like you discovered something you didn't even realize. Step five feels like, oh, I love that. This is so beautiful. Step six Mm. is I could do this all day. This is, you know, it's these things that I contribute to the bigger picture. And I think it's not until you start becoming so preoccupied, I guess, with the outcome that, that those things reveal themselves to you.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, really beautiful. I really love this idea of anticipation and this preoccupation. And I guess thank you for putting into words this idea of indefiniteness. I think that's hugely valuable. Anything else you want to say around hope as anticipation?
1: I would just warn people against mountain-related hopes.
0: That's all. <laughs> <laughs> or space-related hopes. Any, Like I said, anywhere... Deep sea diving, I'm guessing, is not your thing. I probably
1: wouldn't. No, no, I probably wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Anything too high or too low, you're you're (laughs) done.
1: That's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll stay right here on ground level. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, hopefully that conversation about hope as an anticipation is useful for you. We would love to hear what your thoughts are. If you can think of somebody who would benefit from grasping this idea of anticipation, please share this with them. We would love for this to influence people who really need this kind of hope. So thank you for being here and go hope anticipatorily. Is that a word? (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Go anticipate hope. How about that?